0: Photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast with me, your host, Virginia. This episode is brought to you by our gorgeous editor, or was it the editor? The gorgeous George? You already know the producer of the podcast, but you don't know who's our guest today. And like I said in the previous episode, it's a brand new one. You're going to find out who she is in just a couple of minutes. But before that, let me tell you what are some of the topics today. Shall we give up if we can't find devoted team or there is a way around that? And what have our guests come up with? How to recognize if someone is trying to build relationships by taking advantage of you and what to do in a situation like that? How to communicate with your researcher and much more in today's episode. But if you're here for the very first time, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because this is the fastest way to listen to our very new episodes right after they're published. So guys, don't forget to subscribe again. And now I know what you're waiting for, so it's time for a podcast.
1: Hello, this is Joy Wong. I'm a beauty photographer based
0: in Los Angeles, California. For how long you've been a beauty photographer?
1: I've been doing beauty photography photography. For about five years, I believe, but in total, I've been doing photography for about 12 years. Oh,
0: what did you do before that? Like, what kind of photography? (laughs) I did portrait
1: and fashion, and then I switched over after college. Why? Well, I live in LA. I was really interested in fashion for many years. And then once I was in college, I kind of switched just because I was having issues finding stylists. I don't think LA was quite there for fashion, especially a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. I kind of made the switch over and then just concentrated on beauty. Took the clothing aspect out of it.
0: That's actually a great way to continue shooting, even without a stylist. It's a great move for your photography, but were you really up for it? Because, you know, sometimes people just want to stick to fashion photography and they're trying and trying and it's not working. And after a while, they're giving up. But this is an actual chance to continue working.
1: Yeah, that was the thing. Was I really wanted to be shooting all the time, but it was just this constant struggle with bad stylists, honestly, either kind of pushing their own agenda with the connections that they were trying to establish as far as with showrooms. So they would kind of just show up with a bunch of clothes that they were forcing me to shoot. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for the actual shoe. It was to build their relationship or just stylists not being ready, having bad taste. And then I just kind of ended up feeling like I was throwing shoots away because the clothes were so bad and you can't really hide that. So I kind of took that aspect out and then just started shooting beauty. And then it kind of clicked for me and I really fell in love with it. I shoot more fashion now. I'm starting to go more into that, especially now that I have a better portfolio and I've made better connections. And now it's starting to work versus five, six years ago when my portfolio wasn't as good and I was just kind of like coming out of college. I'm not from LA. It's just kind of like it was a lot of different components.
0: When you said this about the stylist, I thought that it's a really bad strategy on their end because... Even if they're trying to pull some relationships, if you produce something that is not fitting the actual editorial or whatever the shoot is, I don't think the brands would be really happy with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was honestly like back then too, because I was was so young. I was new to LA. I didn't really quite know what I was doing. And I was just kind of being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. by these people that have lived in LA. They were older. They wanted certain advantages for themselves. So it was a struggle for a few years. And then I just kind of got fed up with it. (laughs) But now I'm like, I'm going back into it. And I'm meeting new stylists on jobs, not through like, whatever it was back then, like model mayhem or something, you know, or like, just like Craigslist or just like weird connections through friends and stuff like that. Now it's like I'm, I'm meeting actual professional people that have great taste and work and hustle and they're great. So
0: That sounds great because you can even help us with the selection of the right team. Because you had so much struggles, maybe you had some red flags from some of the people that you can share today with us so that the young photographers in the audience, they can avoid this type of situations. Do you remember the worst scenario that you had with a stylist like this?
1: one of the first stylists that i worked with when i moved to la and i'm um, starting fresh into art school i think i kind of felt like a little bit dependent on him just because he was older than me he kind of knew the industry better but it was just a lot of things that he would do would be like ask me to pick things up for him at a store oh or like the the night before he'd be like I could only pull this many pieces and it would just be like barely anything. Mm -hmm. And I would have like booked a full makeup, hair model team. And especially back then, it's like you don't really want to mess up because especially with a modeling agency, that's like kind of your chance to get in and establish a relationship. Yeah. But then, you know, the clothes are so bad or like they're depending on you. But that's not my job to do your job, even if it is for a test shoot. Mm hmm. So it'd be certain things like that. And then I think the the big breaking point of when I decided not to work with him anymore was he had basically pulled shoes from a brand and then promised them that they could use the images for advertisement Oh, without even like asking me. And the reason why I found out was um, I think the hair stylist had sent me a screenshot and said our images are being advertised on their website and then I had remembered that he had forwarded me an email of images of the shoes. And then when I scrolled down, he had made like a promise, like you send me the shoes to just borrow and then we'll let you use these images and I'll send you the high res. But he had never asked me. And that was kind of like the last straw.
0: Oh, this sounds really awful. What did you do in this situation? Did you said something to him or to the brand?
1: I had emailed the company, and then I think they like defended it. And then I told him I was no longer going to work with him. And they took it down. And it was just kind of like all around like a learning experience. And that's really all you can do is you can just go with your gut. And my gut had been saying for a long time, like, to stop working with him. But because I didn't have any other resources for styling, and I wanted to be a fashion photographer, I was so I like relied on him. And I was like afraid to break that relationship. And then I was like, no more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is the takeaway that we can have from today, from this conversation? What would you advise the people to do uh, when they're trying to start a relationship with a stylist? Or maybe who are the people that we should avoid?
1: (laughs) I'm not quite sure of like the signs
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: you should be looking for, because it's just you're really just dealing with people and people are always different. So I always say if you like the style, and you feel like they have good taste, and they have good correspondence with you, and you feel like you guys are vibing, then go for it. It doesn't hurt to just shoot, especially if you're test shooting. Why not just go ahead and try it out? If it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. I'm like a big believer in going with your gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're getting pushed around or it's just not working or you're not vibing, then that's kind of like the sign that this relationship probably won't work out. And there's plenty of other people to try to work with.
0: I believe in the same thing that you just said. And in addition to that, if you decide to try with someone, a big learning curve for me was that. I need to try with a new team member just once. If it's not Mm -hmm. working the first time, it's probably not going to work the second time. Exactly. I totally agree. But you were definitely vibing with those makeup artists, right?
1: (laughs) Teams change, especially as you grow. I find that some people that I had been working with for a long time, our styles don't match anymore. Your work evolves. Everyone's work evolves. So my whole thing is I've tested with like a lot of different people and I've kind of have come down to the people that I feel like first are great at what they do. They have a good attitude. They're involved and they're passionate about what they're, they're doing too. That's like a big thing for me is like, I don't want to be the only one encouraging the whole team and having people be excited about this shoot. Like the energy feeds off of each other. So if I'm excited, and then you're excited, like I feed off of that. And then the shoot overall is is just one of those days where you feel like the results are beautiful. There was like the emotion and the excitement, like there's like a certain high that I get off of that really, when I'm shooting. And that's like important for me, when I'm working with a team is that we kind of feed off of each other. And we're passionate about what we're doing
0: that's very important because whenever someone in the team doesn't want to work today, I mean, we're not torturing people. <laughs> They're coming with their free will. So when we gather a team, it's normal for everyone to be excited. Unfortunately, this is not the case always, but tell us more. Who is in your team today? How many people do you have in your team? I know that teams are usually different, but we all have a certain number of people that we are working with.
1: Maybe like 10 makeup artists or something that I would use on a rotation. Hairstylist, it's probably less, maybe like, I don't know, five off the top of my head. Hair is difficult. It is. It's not something that everyone is good at. And there's this whole thing right now where everyone's on a budget. They only want to hire people that do hair and makeup, which I think is insane because they're completely different things and it's it's a different skill (laughs) set. Although I don't know why they're like people really relate the two when it's completely different. And I feel like a lot of people are pressured to do both. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare. I've only met maybe one or two people that can do both and do both really well. It's just so rare, especially hair. Hair is like a difficult thing, I think, to really be good at and have the right styling as well as like even just like wispy looks. Like when people have like the strands in the face, it doesn't seem like it would be a really difficult thing to do, but it it really is a difficult (laughs) thing. And I've seen so many people struggle with the wispy hair look.
0: It's surprising. Do you have any retouchers in your team?
1: I do. I was retouching for myself, I think up until early last year. Um, So it's been a year. I kind of tried a couple different people, didn't work out. And then I met my retoucher that pretty much does all my retouching now, Alina. She lives in Belarus and she's amazing, just like amazing at what she does. And I really feel like it's a collaboration. So um, I'm really happy to have her.
0: And for those moments when you were your own retoucher, tell us more about how you handled all these moving hairs because it can be a nightmare. (laughs) It was a nightmare. I feel like I
1: thought I was a really good retoucher and I did it professionally for a little bit too. And then once I saw how Alina does everything, I'm like, I don't think I was a great retoucher after all. (laughs) And I was a really slow retoucher. And that's the reason why I decided to work with a retoucher before I was always so felt really against it like well they're my images if I hand them off to someone else does it mean it's less of my image which I don't think is true at all now that I'm in this situation Mm. but I hate I just like felt like I was spending so much time retouching and I want to shoot like I want to be creative and I don't want to have that timeline hold me back because I would be spending days on end just retouching And sometimes when it was like the hair was bad or wasn't exactly in place, it would take me like a whole day to do an image, and I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was just getting really busy with jobs, and I, I like I needed the help to keep up with the demand. So how did you two met? I think she just reached out to me through email, and I looked at her website, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. And I just really love what she did. And the thing was, she was consistent. Because other retouchers I've worked with, they would do an amazing job on the first image. So you're excited. Mm -hmm. Great. Like they did a good job. You send them the rest of the shoot and it would just be so bad. And then they just like stopped trying. And then it was like me sent taking all this time to mark up all the images with circles and please redo this. And then at the end, it was like, well, I'm still spending all this time on retouching and I'm not even retouching the images. Yeah but Alina was the only one who was really consistent and is still consistent to this day. And building that relationship with a retoucher is really important. That's why I only use one retoucher is because I feel like a lot of photographers use a bunch of different retouchers. I've never really had that experience. So I don't really know how the consistency is because it seems like everyone kind of has like a different method of doing things. So if you're having a bunch of retouchers do it, I'm like wondering how consistent it is. But with her, she knows exactly, we've developed that relationship. She knows what I like and she knows what I prefer. So it ends up being less work there too, because I'm having to give less instructions because she knows what I like.
0: And what about in the beginning? Were you giving a lot of instructions? What were you doing exactly to translate what you want to see at the end?
1: I still do this once in a while, but not as much anymore. I would mark everything up. So I'd go into Photoshop and I'd take an image in and I would circle and write notes of everything that I wanted. That was kind of like her guideline. Now I don't really do that as much, depending on if it's like a job and the client is asking a specific thing, then I'll obviously let her know.
0: Would you recommend this to every photographer, even if they're at the very beginning? Because usually when they're starting their photography business, they don't have that much of a resource to delegate to a retoucher. However, if they're not very good at retouching, maybe they should. I feel like in the beginning, I think it's good
1: to do your own retouching, even if you aren't great at it. And I say this because it's going to help your photography. So if you're seeing kind of similar things of like say lighting or hair is floppier makeup, I think you're going to be able to use those tools to help you do a better job on the actual shoot.
0: That is actually a great advice.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I felt like when I was retouching, it was just like always like the lip line was never filled correctly. <laughs> it's like, and then on the shoot you're like, I don't want to deal with that later. Mm-hmm. This has to be better. While we're shooting, so it doesn't have to be pushed into post. And how long is that gonna take when you could have fixed the mistake during the shoot and it would have taken five minutes instead of however long and retouching?
0: Yeah, plus you can have the same lip line on several photos. <laughs> and if you have to fix it on post, you have to do it several times. Yeah, exactly. And then set it just once. Do you ever work with the nail technicians? I do.
1: Occasionally, I think it depends on what the shoot is. I did like a stylized still life shoot with a hand model recently. And yes, we did have like a a manicurist who did different designs and um, different looks per set. So I do use a manicurist, depending on the situation, usually for jobs, definitely, they'll, there'll always be someone there Mm -hmm. to do nails.
0: And have you ever had a bad experience? In
1: the beginning, it was a little bit of a struggle. It was usually kind of like poor taste, dealing with bright colors and like really long press on nails and the nails weren't staying on and it was like being held on by tape, just kind of like situations (laughs) like that. And then it's like, once again, you do that, you have to fix it and retouching and it's always like such a nightmare. Yeah, Yeah. so there's been bad experiences. And then, you know, and that's like going back to what you're saying. If you're retouching your own images and you're zooming up and looking at all the things that could have been fixed during the shoot. I mean, I think that's just like such a good learning experience.
0: And what is the way you shoot now? Do you have like a big screen next to you so your, your team can take a look at the photos or?
1: I always tether my shoots unless we're on location. But I mean, it's just like such a good way for everyone to see what's happening and to check their own work. I love the people that I work with who go up to the screen and zoom in and say, okay, hang on, let let me fix this. So it's just like a really good tool. (laughs) And people want to see what's going on too. So you should be, I mean, if everyone's there and they're working on the set, give them that, Mm -hmm. give them that opportunity to see what you're seeing is just so important, I think.
0: You already mentioned the photo shoots outside. And for me, it's super interesting that you have a bunch of different photo shoots that are beauty shoots, but they're on location. Tell us more about this idea. Maybe your very first photo shoot on location with a model when you were closer to her, maybe more of a beauty shoot. And uh, tell us about the idea.
1: Yeah, so I've been trying to change things up. I've shot in studio for a long time. When I was shooting fashion, I was always shooting on location. Mm-hmm. And I hated I hated shooting in the studio. I don't know if it was like the <laughs> the lighting is what well, setting up like strobes and stuff was intimidating for me. I think also I felt like suffocated in this like dark room. I just didn't enjoy as much as location. But then once I started shooting beauty, then I switched over to just shooting in studio. Now I'm trying to expand my work. And I'm trying to give it just like a different feel. Mm-hmm. Same style as what my style is, but in a different atmosphere. The location stuff has been interesting. That, the reason kind of why I was, I've was i been starting to shoot location is I recently joined a new agency. I was with a different agency before. And then I signed with a new agency about a, a year ago. Is completely different. So they want different things for me. And they're kind of trying to get me to shoot outside the box. I'm not shooting the same thing over and over again. So that's kind of like what position I'm in right now is I'm in kind of like a transitional period of trying to do different things instead of shooting the same things over and over again. I've been shooting studio. And I still enjoy it. And I still think it's relevant. But it's also good to try new things and to like challenge yourself.
0: I love that.
1: So that's kind of where I am right now. And it's it's so exciting. And it's different. And it's like a new challenge and
0: yeah, it's it's always good. Talk to me more about challenges because I love that. <laughs> so tell me about the biggest challenges that you experience when you're shooting beauty outside.
1: You're just kind of
0: chasing the sunlight. Oh, so you don't use artificial light?
1: Not really. Mm. So I have before, but I think the recent shoots that are on my website was just all shot natural light. So you're really just dealing with like the light and how inconsistent it is. And you just kind of have to move with it and find the right light. It is really challenging.
0: I think we didn't mention your website. Can you do that for us?
1: Yes, my website is com.
0: Perfect. And do you want to discuss some of the photos there? Sure. I don't know if it's going to be the very first one that people will see when they open it when we publish the show. But right now, there is a gorgeous photo shoot with a girl in pinkish bushes. Mm -hmm. And her hair is also colorful. So tell us more about the photo shoot, the idea behind it, and of course, the biggest challenges. I did that
1: a couple months ago. And it was just something where I'm like, okay, we're going to shoot outside, we're going to shoot on location and I have to find a stylist. So luckily, I don't know how to describe it. It was just like one of those shoots where everything kind of fell into place with little
0: effort. So you were lucky.
1: (laughs) Exactly. There's some shoots, and I'm sure other people will relate to it, where you're trying to book this one model, and then all of a sudden, they're not available anymore. And then you try to book a backup model, and all of a sudden, they're not available. And it just feels like everything's just Fighting against you, but I still try to shoot it, and I shoot it, and then it's a disaster. For mm-hmm. some reason, it, for some reason it's like someone didn't show up, the the model wasn't ready, their skin's bad, they have like or like someone has a bad attitude, or you know, it's just like kind of all these factors are working against you. And I've learned to take that as a sign that this shoot wasn't meant to be, and I you shouldn't force it because it may end up just not being worth your time. Mm-hmm. And the results are, you're not going to be happy with it. For this shoot, it was like kind of the opposite where everything just fell into place, like hair and makeup, this amazing makeup and hairstylist. This is like one of the oh. rare people I was telling you about. I met him. He lives in Texas. His name's Walter and he's just brilliant equally at both things, just brilliant. And I didn't know until I worked with him that he was just so good at both hair and makeup. But he was in town. So we were planning to do shoots together. And then I had met the stylist on a job that I shot like a month before that. And she was asking, oh, you know, I'd really like to shoot with you. And I'm like, perfect. Are you available this day? And she was and she brought like all this beautiful clothes and everything kind of fell into place. I think it was so hot that day, though. I'm pretty sure it was like almost 100 degrees. And I was like, planning to like go on this location. And I'm like, how is this going to work? It's going to be so hot. She's in winter clothes because we have inspiration of like outerwear. It was kind of not completely winter, like a winter shoot, but the clothing inspiration had winter factors. So then we just ended up shooting this around my house, this big backyard. And we utilize all these different spaces and it really worked out. I think this last shot with all the flowers was just like a neighbor's front yard. And then we just like, <laughs> I'm like the sun setting, we have to get there. And we kind of like got the shot and just like wrapped the shoot. But everything was like, we were all vibing, really good energy. Everyone was on the same page. We wanted it to be beautiful, but playful with the makeup and the colored hair as well. With the flowers, with the purple hair, it like all worked out in this really beautiful way, I think.
0: Definitely. And since you had the chance to chase the line and work with it, do you have any tips? Because, for example, it can be very challenging for a photographer to have consistent results throughout the photo shoot when they're relying only to the sun.
1: Well, if you're going to be on location, you definitely want to scout it beforehand. And I would recommend scouting it around the time where you're wanting to shoot so that you can see an accurate what the light's going to look like in an accurate way also check like when the sun's gonna be setting too you could just check that with like a, a weather app
0: there's also an app i think it's called sun catcher i also use the same and i'm super happy with it
1: yeah that's like a good way to know especially like if you're working on a job like i shot an editorial for the hollywood reporter and we were shooting at a restaurant a really good way to know where the sun's gonna be especially if you're shooting Different spots on the same location. Mm-hmm. That day ended up being a cloudy day, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> there was no sun. So just ended up shooting strobe the whole time. So it was mm-hmm. kind of a bummer, but we made it work.
0: For those of you, by the way, that have not ever used this um, app, it gives you the chance to turn on your camera and see your surrounding. And there is, a, I don't know how to call it, but there is like a line of the sun. And where it goes, and you can actually see it throughout the different time of the Mm -hmm. day. And I think it's so good. Yeah, it's brilliant. Someone's been really clever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And I also love another photo shoot on your website that it's not something that we see every day. You've shot an older model, and I love it.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah. Those shoots are so fun. Just really amazing. And, those models too have been working as models since mm-hmm. they were in college. So they've obviously had really amazing careers. I think what prompted me to shoot that was I, I met with a brand that handles, it's like a marketing firm and they handle multiple skincare lines. Mm-hmm. And I had a meeting with them. I brought them my book and she said, we also work with mature models can you shoot them have you ever done a shoot with them and I was like no I haven't actually and that's like something that's like what prompted me to shoot older models it's something I I want to keep doing too I haven't done more since those two shoots but I think I've shot three of them it's a little bit different You're just dealing with someone who's been working in the industry for a long time. So it's already kind of more intimidating because they've worked with a lot of other photographers. They've had like a long career. And I want to treat it differently too, because I mean, yeah, they're, they are mature models. They have wrinkles. It's not the same as shooting some early 20 year old model with perfect skin and perfect hair. But for me, it's like, I want to feature that aspect of them. I remember speaking to my retoucher and saying, leave as much as possible. Don't take anything out. Make this look natural. I really love the gray of their hair. And one of the models who had like, I think she does like hair campaigns too, like long, beautiful, like gray hair, transitioning of getting their hair to just be gray versus like having to dye it for so long and transitioning from their brown hair to the gray hair. It was pretty interesting. And um, just trying to keep everything natural and just having like the personality shine through. And it's a little bit of a different experience in shooting like a younger model.
0: Did you end up working with this brand or were these shoots just for you, like a preparation?
1: Yeah, I mostly shot it for myself. And we're in the age right now where everyone's kind of celebrating, you know, different body sizes, different ages. It's just big time for acceptance. So I really wanted to try my hand in doing something different too. I'm always trying to have more of a diverse portfolio, especially like different skin colors, different ages. Right now I'm transitioning into shooting men too. So I'm just trying to get my book as diverse as possible, have myself be challenged by that experience too.
0: That was part one of the episode with Joy. She was amazing, right? But the next part is even, I think, better than this one. So, stay tuned for the next Wednesday episode. But before that one, don't forget to come over for the Friday episode when I'm answering your questions and giving you some little tips and tricks on how to have a sustainable photography business. And if you really like this episode, of course, share it with all of your photography friends. Thank you guys so much for being with us today and I'll see you on Friday.